things that has been really odd to me has been the holidays through this COVID season, and Easter's been one of them. We passed through that, and that was just weird, although I think um, I've seen some great pictures of folks celebrating really well. Well, next week is Mother's Day, and we're going to celebrate Mother's Day really well, even though we're distanced. Uh, We've had somebody already working, ordering uh, gift bags for Mother's Day. So moms and anybody else, get ready to be blessed on Mother's Day just with a small gift, but also be praying for moms in your life that may not naturally be connected with the church because we have enough gifts for them too. We want this to be a season where moms everywhere, whether they're connected to Mission Vineyard or not, get to be able to be blessed by a great gift bag. So uh, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about men, you being multi, uh, mobilized to be able to help that. So uh, there's just some great things coming up with Mother's Day. I'm excited about it. Even though we can't be together, Mother's Day can be such a fun time in the church. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to still celebrate well, really well. So I'm excited about that. Well, we're in a series right now called Life from the cross, because since Easter, uh, we recognize that the death and resurrection of Jesus didn't just uh, have an event on it by itself. It began events after events after events. And one of the events we're going to be getting into today is how he visited the disciples. And I love the kids' ministry. If you want, you can join the kids' group and you can see some great Lego animation about the kids' story that actually refers right back to this story about when Jesus met the disciples and saw them fishing. Uh, I have been blessed by amazing neighbors, by the way. Uh, Our family got to have some fresh flounder that was caught by a neighbor that has a house in Rockport. And uh, boy, it was really, really good to have some broiled fish. As I'm going through the story and preparing this week, we also got to have some amazing grilled fish. So it became tactile to me that there was a moment with Jesus where he met with his disciples and gave them this beautiful gift of being able to share a wonderful meal together. He does that with us over and over again through communion, but uh, this morning, I want to settle into the scriptures this morning and speak to you that life from the cross means that we get to have a life of worship where our whole life gets to have that heart of celebration and gifting and sharing with Jesus. And then from that, an overflow begins to develop between neighbors and friends and family that creates an amazing life that originates from the cross. It's relevant to us, and we welcome Jesus into all of life, and we get to center ourselves there, and life gets to breathe over and over and over. Well, I've got a Facebook question for you. It's not going to be up on the screen, but you hosts, I'm depending on you, and for you guys on Facebook, I want you to answer this question. Uh, What are you celebrating right now about where you live? What do you like about where you live? And um, maybe it could be in your home, it could be in your neighborhood, it could be your neighbors. Give me some responses on Facebook. What do you love about where you live? And some of you are saying, well, I don't like where I live. I want to move. Um, I heard somebody was actually having to move to uh, North Texas, to Amarillo this week for a job and for family. What are you celebrating about where you live? Facebook, tell me. I want to see some posts here. I'm going to wait until you guys start posting. Church family. It's nice to have church family, even though uh, we're socially distanced. Anybody love their neighbors? Anybody love seeing people walk by or or, uh, your apartments next door, being able to greet people? Sidewalks are great peaceful, kind neighbors. Uh, 
I tell you what, uh, if you're in a neighborhood that has any kind of walking at all, we want to help celebrate that, actually. Uh, this week, we're going to begin to order some yard signs. Even though this COVID crisis could be coming to an end, I think a lot of people are walking a ton more, and we're going to have yard signs available for you. If you want a yard sign that just tells people about our church and where they can get help and where they could watch things online, would you just say yard sign in the Facebook feed there? Or you could, you could put it in your nextsteps.missionvineyard.org uh, card. If you want a yard sign or you want to put that sign in your window in your apartment, uh, whatever you think, just put up yard sign and we'll, we're going to keep track in this feed for everybody who wants a yard sign as we order, make sure that we get enough. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. There's so many people walking around. It's awesome. Well, I don't know about you, uh, but although we have been trapped inside, um, uh, I have gotten less accomplished than I'd like to. It just seems like life is too busy. And I, I got to tell you a secret. I, I've been working on my piano playing. I, I have this secret um, goal in life to be known as an amazing musician, and it's probably never going to happen. Uh, but there's something that happens in my life in all of that that just becomes disjointed. And I don't know if you've ever felt like this before, that your goals in life uh, you, you, there's a, like a, a bad attachment to them. There, it's not the God attachment. So for instance, I'll begin to just worship on the piano and I'll be just with the Lord and then I'll be thinking about how famous I'll be when I play this so well. And my brain is just, oh, convoluted, stupid in those moments. I don't know if your brain ever gets distorted like that where you're in the middle of something great and then your brain just goes, but this would be awesome. And, and it gets disjointed from what God really wants. You know, it's just, it's just not what God wants. Well, one key indicator of life is not about what we want to do. It's about what God is doing in us. When we, when we have to do what we don't want to do, for instance, if you want to do the dishes or take care of kids, when you're trapped inside, I want to let you know that a life of worship is not defined by all those things but it can be defined by what's at the core of those things. We all want a life that looks good, but we often start with the wrong heart of worship. I'm going to say that again. I think we could put it up on the screen as well. We all want a life that looks good, but we often start with the wrong heart of worship. Now, to get that image just a little bit better, I want you to imagine for a second, we've already thought about our homes and our neighborhoods. Another Facebook question I, w I might put out for you right now is, what are the few things, th think about three things you would grab from your home besides your family, because they can leave on their own. What are three things that you would get from your home if, if your house caught fire? What would you take with you? Three things that are most important. The key indicators, th these, are, these are things that you are so passionate about, you know that, oh man, if, if there's nothing else left in life, three things that you would take from your home. I want to see some of your responses up here. Let's see here. Three things. I'm curious. You don't have to say pets. I know that uh, some of you have pets and you definitely take your pets. I get that. What are three things that you know that you would take with you? Waiting for some responses here. I might have a little bit of delay, but I'm excited to see. Yeah, I, I'm seeing pets. Yep. Absolutely. I don't have any pets, so I, I can't say that. The only pets we've ever had have been chickens, and they stay outside, so I'm not so too concerned about them. Photos, paintings. 
What are three things you would take from your home in a fire? Bible, pictures, letters to each other in college. That's awesome. Oh, I forgot about those. I've got to get those in, in great order. Wedding albums. Yeah, these are like hand tools for sure. Portable safe and wallet albums. Yeah, as we begin to describe these things, they obviously let us know what really are the most important things. And we kind of are able to look at the rest of our homes and go, well, I guess that's not as important as I thought it would be. Well, as we engage the story today, we're going to be in John chapter 21, and we see that Peter, Peter, who is going to be the rock of the church, Jesus said, Peter, who denied Jesus three times as he was being beaten and as he was put up on the cross, Peter, we recognize, has a chance to reset those key indicators of life. And Jesus speaks to him lovingly and with invitation And I want to bring us there right now. This is John chapter 21, verse 13 through 19. And I'm in the New Living Translation. John chapter 21. I'm opening my Bible here, verse 13 here. You know, 13 is going to be up there. I'm going to start just before that. The disciples saw the Lord in verse 7. Others stayed in the boat. They were able to catch fish. Jesus told them, put your nets on the other side. And then he invites them. He said, come on, I've got breakfast waiting for you. So they caught a ton of fish, but Jesus already had breakfast waiting for them on the shore. Bring some of the fish you caught. Jesus invites them to take some of what they've got. 153 large fish. Jesus says, come on, let's have some breakfast. And then he served the bread and the fish. And this was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. And after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, who knows what Jesus is talking about there? Do you love me more than these? But you can imagine uh, more than anything. Do you love me more than this? He's, again, asking, how would you recenter your life, Peter? Do you love me? more than anything. And then Peter said, uh, you know I love you. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus replied to him, then feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? You can imagine what Peter was thinking. Like, do we, do we not just have this conversation? I just answered you. Yes, of course I love you. Uh, And then Peter said, you know, I love you. And Jesus says, take care of my sheep. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And of course, then, like you and I, Peter says that he's hurt. Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So this moment where Jesus is asking three times of Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? 
had to echo back. There's a, cu- a couple of things in the scene that I, I just want to make sure you see. First of all, there is fish being cooked over a fire. There's bread involved. So it's echoing back to every story where God provided for his people. Do you remember the multiplying that happened when Jesus was with his disciples and said, you provide for them. Here's a couple of loaves and fish. You provide for them. And there we see another echo of the story where Jesus is saying, you guys don't know how to fish. You're fishermen. Come on, put your nets on the other side. And they drug in 153 fish. Well, big deal because Jesus already had their breakfast on the shore. He didn't need their fish. And then it was cooked over the coal. And you can imagine then Peter's echoing back as he's smelling the coal, echoing back. He's with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, but he's remembering. You can imagine that over the coal fire that was just outside uh, the place where Jesus was beaten, where he was asked, hey, aren't you one of those disciples? And he denied it. There's this place. And then Jesus is asking him three times because Jesus said before that, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before you're going to hear a rooster crow. And then you're going to know that this refers to me. And Peter's echoing that again. You can imagine just how hurt, how remorseful he was. I don't know if you've ever had this kind of situation before where you feel that hurt and remorse when someone reminds you of something that you've done. And it's a regret And you settle into that regret and you just feel like you can't get away from it. Like it's trapped in your heart and there's a pain there and you know it's wrong and you want to be free from it. And Jesus speaks right there. It's like pinpointing one part in his heart and going, Peter, this pain and regret that you had, you denied me. The center of your heart was off. It was wrong. It was a key indicator of your life right when I needed you the most, right when you said that I would never deny you. And oh, do you love me? And Peter says, hurt. Yes, Lord, I do love you. And you can imagine in the back of his head and his heart, as I'm reading this, I'm feeling it. Yes, Lord, I love you. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for denying you. I'm so sorry that in the midst of the emergencies of life, in the midst of the crisis, I got it wrong. Where the key indicator of my life should have been my connection with you, my love for you, it was off. And the key indicator of my life became saving my life with my selfishness. Of course I love you, Lord, and I'm so sorry that my life didn't reflect it. This is where Jesus hits us too, because our emergencies, just like a fire in the house, reveal what our key indicators of life are. And Jesus replies to Peter, if it's true that you love me, I want you to remember my sheep and not just remember them. I want you to feed them. This is where the life of worship becomes reality. If we love Jesus, then our life becomes a life of worship. You see, life from the cross means having a life of worship, even if we've betrayed our maker. And I know some of you have stories of this. All of us do. 
But some of you are really remembering stories where you betrayed your maker, where you didn't love right, where you didn't lay down your life for the other. Well, Peter took the wrong things from the burning house. His heart was offset. It was not right. But this is all of us. You know, uh, I think, and I, I don't know why it took me so long to get this analogy, but um, our lives are like our phones or like our computers. And I don't know, <laughs> I was w- watching the show and uh, there's actually a game where you can play and you can be tech support. And it's, anyway, if you've ever called tech support before, you know that one of the things they tell you is turn it off and turn it back on again. Now, most of us just need to do that every once in a while. If I'm going to pull the analogy to our humanity, some of us need to turn it off and reboot. And we do that through rest and sleeping and Sabbath, and God's given us those ways of turning it off and so we can turn it back on again. But if that doesn't work, what what does tech support typically say? They say, well, you should probably reset all of your settings. You need to delete everything on your phone. Or if it's on your computer and you've got a virus... This is significant, uh, where you have to uh, uh, reset all of your settings. You got to make sure everything's backed up, and you get to what? To the operating system, the way that you were made to live, which is the image of God. And so, actually, I've got my wife's phone right here, and and it's been acting really wonky. And so, there's a place that said, "Reset all settings." Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to reset? Are you sure you want to clear the deck? Yes, erase. Erase now. And then I've got to put in the code. There's a code, and I'm erasing the phone. And it's asking me again, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? And it's, it's a lot like, for me, what Jesus does with Peter. Peter, are you sure? Are you really sure you want a complete reboot? Are you recognizing that there's a virus in the system that has realigned the priorities of your life? Do you love me? This is the reboot, reset invitation from Jesus for us. Do you love me? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to reset? Because this is what reset means. It means getting to the center of your heart. And that center is not being a good Christian. That center is not being a good uh, uh, citizen of the United States. That center is not being even a good member of your family. All of that pours out from a heart that centers on, do you love me? Well, It takes me to one more verse that I want to share with you. This is Mark chapter 12. And we're entering Mark chapter 12 because it's a place where Jesus sets the tone of, do you love me? But he refers back to the law, to what uh, God's people have always said. It's been the center of their lives. You see, uh, the commandments, all of it is centered first, not on the religious stuff, but do you love? Life from the cross, you see, if we're able to enter into it, if we're willing to enter into it, means that we get this reset where we, we have a heart of worship that begins with, I love you. It's not a heart of worship of, oh, I can do all these things for people. It's, do you love me? And here Jesus is in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. If you want to go with me there, there's a teacher of the religious law and he's really impressed with Jesus. 
And as he's impressed with Jesus, he says, all right, there's this critical thing. I, I, I want to test you on this. And he's not testing for, like, as a gotcha. There's plenty of gotcha moments for Jesus. But this is a test to see from the scribe if Jesus' heart is center, if it's right, if the priorities of his life are set on a life of worship. The scribe asks, uh, one of the religious uh, law was standing there listening to a debate And he says, of all the commandments, Jesus, of all the things that are important in life, what is most important? Out of all your faith, Jesus, what's most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the the one, the only Lord. This is what's called the Shema. Shema is Israel. Listen, Israel. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind or your intellect, and all your strength. I'm going to read that again. Love. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. This is resetting everything in the phone of life, deleting all of it resetting, getting back to the operating system. This is the core operating system of our life. This is it, love. It's a life of worship that's offered to us by the cross. It is the life from the cross that we get to recenter, reboot, reprioritize. And Jesus says, do you love me with all? The the mission of our church is to welcome Jesus into all of life. Because we recognize that if, if our hearts are only prioritized, in, if, if, if we only welcome Jesus into our religious life or our church life or our Christian life or our political lives, whatever it is, we only welcome Jesus into the way that we raise our kids, but our, our hearts are still dark and filled with virus. Jesus says, do you love me? And will you with all your heart and your soul, all your mind, all your strength? Then Jesus says to the scribe, and the second is equally important. What you will see out of a life of worship is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Feed my sheep. No other commandment is greater Nothing in the house is worth more. Everything else that's loaded on your system can be deleted. And what we're left with is the core operating system of a life of worship that's rooted in, I love you, Lord. And what flows out of it is loving our neighbors with that kind of love, feeding the sheep of Jesus. And the teacher of the religious law said, well said, teacher, you've spoken the truth. And all of a sudden there's this inside scoop agreement between the scribe and Jesus where they go, you're not, Jesus says to him, you're not far from the kingdom. You're not far from the center of your life being rightly set so that the overflow can be a real life of worship You see, a life of worship begins with the first commandment to love God. 
A life of worship begins with the first commandment, to love God. And so if you're wondering, especially in this crisis, and we've talked about it already, we're in phase four now. Sort of the, the, We're feeling from the outside, the city and the state saying, hey, this is almost over. We're getting ready to reemerge. Do you want to reemerge with virus as the center of your soul? Or do you want to reemerge with worship being the center of your soul? All of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. Because it's coming. I am so thankful that our church has really dialed in and we've, we've been able to see what the key indicators of our church really are. And they're not a show. Their love. I've seen it in you. You've been doing it. You've been calling one another and saying, I know you're out of work. Here, have a ton of money. <laughs> There's generosity going on. You're giving to the, to the whole body so that when people from outside the church put in their submissions and say, I need help with my rent, we can say, we love you. And that's become the center. This is the key indicator of our church. You know what else I see in small groups? You're praying for one another. You're supporting one another. When the, when the key indicators of life reveal themselves as corrupt, as virus, you're praying for one another so that you're all recentering. This is what we're about. What will you be about? What are the key indicators of your life that you want to be revealed as we reemerge from this crisis? When the crisis comes, what's going to matter? Because beyond a life of worship, beginning with the first commandment to love God, a life of worship allows us to love our neighbors as ourselves. If ourselves is centered in crisis and virus, then we're going to love our neighbors with that. How do you want to love your neighbors? How do you want to love your family? How do you want to love your coworkers? You were meant to live and love from a heart of worship. And there's nothing that's going to stop it. There's nothing that can stop what God is doing in you if you reset. His power will be what shines. Could you imagine, church, if all over the city, all over your neighborhood, what shined from your home was a love that loved people like you love God. And that's the truth of what our lives are really like. We can only love others like we already love God. He is the center. He is the key indicator. Instead of focusing on doing all that we want to do on our own, we get to refocus on what God is already doing. And that's what it means to live as part of the kingdom of God. It's being empowered by the Holy Spirit, but beginning with the heart of worship. When we worship God, the Holy Spirit dwells with freedom, operates with freedom, and we get to be released. You see, we find our deepest meaning in this. We are made in the image of God. We are made to operate like this. Our system is made with the image of God at its core. And so we let God clean away the virus. We reset in the image of God. I've been curious as a church, you know, I've not been scared as we've gone into this crisis as a church, but I've been curious what our church will be known for as this crisis ends. 
I've been curious what I'll be known for. Will I be known for my stress and anxiety? Will I be known as someone that's always worried and busy? Or will I be known as someone who loves God? And because of that heart of worship, I'm able to love my neighbors and my kids, my family with a heart of worship. I want to ask you to take a couple of steps today. The one is, is to take time to reset. I don't know what your private life is like, whether you read the scriptures or you, you talk with God at all. I know in this time, I, I, everything's been, all my schedule has been all up in the air. And so I've had to reset different times and different days and, and different ways to be able to talk and to reset my heart. I'm going to ask you to take one step this week and reset just like we did with the phone and let Jesus tell you, are you sure you want to reset? Are you sure you want to erase all your settings? Are you sure you want to reprioritize your life on loving me? Do you love me? And if you would, just allow God to ask you that over and over again. And you can even journal, yes, Lord, of course I love you. Would you recommit your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength to loving Jesus this week? Take one practical day to do that. One practical five-minute time period to reset your heart. It may be that some of you don't even have that capacity. You don't have a relationship with God. And so I want to welcome you right now. I want to invite you, and, and everybody could be praying this right now, to welcome Jesus into all of life. It's not that you denied him before. It's that you've, you've never had a relationship that was close enough to deny him. You never had a faith that had that capacity where you'd even mourn being away from him. It's time to do that. Because you know that re-emerging from this virus, you don't want to be the same. I don't want to be the same. So would you pray with me right now? It's a simple prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, saying Jesus as the Lord, as the center, I am sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. And you could just process a little bit right now. All the ways that you have, you, you know that the key indicators of your life are just off. They're focused on money or fame or drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me that forgiveness. I receive it. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever and fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, I want the key indicators of my life to be my love of you and your love of me, that I would have a heart of worship Amen. Well, we've had some words, uh, folks that have been praying for you ahead of time. I'm going to ask for our host to put those words up on the screen. These are places of risk that our prayer team who's been praying before the service are saying, we think that God wants to specifically minister to these people. And uh, I'm just thankful that we have those people already praying. We also have prayer ministry teams available after this service. We're going to have some worship music playing. And as it is, you can click on a Zoom link and it is absolutely private. You are put in a Zoom room with trained, trusted prayer people who keep everything confidential. 
but somebody specifically, if you've been struggling, thank you for putting these up. If you've been struggling with fear, come for prayer. The Lord wants to free you and give you rest. For someone who has a small picture of God, he wants to enlarge your view of his temple. It's bigger than you think. The Lord is he's, he's inviting you to join this time of corporate worship. You've been apart. You're, you're wondering what it's really like and if you can sustain this. God really wants to serve you in this time. He wants to love you. And part of that is receiving prayer. So if you would, click on the Zoom link. Join a a private prayer team who can pray for you. Especially if you've prayed that prayer of salvation today. We want to know because you you don't want to go this alone. This is not a time to go it alone. So I, I pray that you would be encouraged by that prayer team. Thanks for putting up that Zoom link, Victor. Now, uh, I really want to bless you because uh, we're going to reemerge from this soon. We've already been talking with the Duseum about what it means to have round tables, to be able to be distant six feet apart. Families can have their own tables, sanitizer on all the tables. Uh, we're, we're really thinking about all this. And so that means that we are, we are at that stage where we're going to reemerge soon. And I want to bless you that you would be able to reemerge with a heart of worship. And so would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would go out with a recentered heart of worship, that the key indicator of your life would be your love for God, and that the outpouring of that would be your love of your neighbors, your family, your friends, your coworkers, that you would love them as you love God And that it would all be a reflection of how much you know that God loves you. He loves you so much. He's died for you. He's inviting you to a meal. He's inviting you to reset your life. I bless you to it that you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit in it all. In Jesus' name, amen. What's that? Okay, I've been reminded. After Mother's Day, we're going to have an all-church Zoom, knowing that we're going to reemerge from this crisis. We're going to have an all-church Sunday morning Zoom. That's May 17th. We're going to join together as we usually do. It'll be up on Facebook, but there'll be a Zoom link that we're going to send out in the church email. If you've not registered for that church email, make sure you submit a Next Steps card so you get that email. We're going to be having an all-church Zoom, and we're going to be celebrating all that God's done uh, because... (laughs) There's so many testimonies, friends. I get to hear them, but you don't. And we're going to do our best to celebrate them, how God's provided, how God's overflowed our hearts of worship, uh, what church has meant to people during the season, small groups, youth groups, children's ministry, all of it. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be gathering all those stories and then celebrating them on Zoom together on May 17th, making sure that we really squeeze the marrow out of this time before this crisis, uh, before we reemerge out of this crisis and, and things become more normalized. Uh, God's been up to amazing things. He's not been stopping. In fact, he's been, he's been really active and it's been a joy to join with you in all that he's doing in the world, especially here in San Antonio. Well, I'm looking forward to that. You'll see more on that in the weeks ahead. Thankful for our worship teams that are doing so much, our announcement teams. There's so many people involved this morning. Um, Thank you so much for all that you're doing in the midst of this. I bless you in Jesus' name. Have a great week. Uh, Remember to join the care.missionvineyard.org to see how you can help. Smallgroups.missionvineyard.org. Give.missionvineyard.org. Check it all out. There's a lot there. Um, Be encouraged. We'll see you later.